Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. Michael and I will share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again?, for more information on Michael or myself or forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, your co-hosts, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. Happy Friday. Today is August 12, 2016. I'm Michelle Pichet, filling in for Jeannie, and I'm here today with Dr. Timothy Hayes. We warmly welcome you to the show and thank you for choosing to be with us. Our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1 and that puts you into queue to talk with our host. We encourage you to call in with your comments or questions, allowing you to actively strengthen your process of forgiveness. So now let's welcome Tim in supporting our development of Aramaic forgiveness. Hello, Michelle. Happy Friday. How is um, the volume here? I'm on a landline today, which is um, kind of unusual. It's good. It's good. That's why I didn't recognize your number in the switchboard. So Michael and Jeannie are in route, and they may be here any minute, but we'll just get started with a little introduction. This show began over five and a half years ago to try and support people in learning, building the skills, developing community to apply the tool of forgiveness as taught in the ancient Aramaic, which has to do with going inside myself and removing whatever doesn't belong there. And in order to do that, I have to have a definition of what belongs and what doesn't belong. Ancient teachings tell us that we're made of the stuff of love, that we're made in the image and likeness of the Creator and that the Creator is love. So when I'm looking at my life, if I'm feeling loving, calm, compassionate, joyful, and creative, that's what belongs in me. That's the energy that I'm made of, and I'm intended to have conscious awareness of that and be able to extend that in each interaction with every person and everything in my life. That's what I'm here for. One of the... uh, Lessons and Way of Mastery talks about an exercise where you just spend time looking at things and anything you look at, decide you're just going to bless it. You're going to bless that creation. You're here to extend the energy of love and creation and compassion in every moment. So what doesn't belong in your system? Anger, fear, sadness. Now, it's okay for those things to appear because they are Geiger counters or a warning signal or an alarm system or a compass to guide us through our life. And they're an indication that our thoughts are off the mark, that we're in error, that we're not focusing on our true nature. And so it's a kind of a wake-up call, an alarm system to say, hey, Tim, your thoughts are off the mark. You or someone in your past bloodline has engaged in a disintegrative energy. And so you're feeling physical pain or emotional pain or recurring negative thoughts and then it generates this negative emotion or a negative physical sensation and that's your wake-up call Tim the creator is kind of knocking on the door saying hey Tim would you like to know what is keeping you from knowing me and loving me more fully every time I have a negative physical sensation a negative emotional response It's one way to look at it is this is life, this is love, this is the creator asking me, Tim, would you like to know what it is that's keeping you from loving me and experiencing more fully? 
And I can always reject that. I can say, no, I don't want to know. I want to think I'm right, and the world is wrong, and the creator is wrong, and I shouldn't be feeling this way, and it must be somebody else's fault. Because I've been given free will, and I have that capacity. However, also in each moment, I have the capacity to breathe, to remind myself that what I'm supposed to be doing in this moment is keeping my conscious awareness focused on love, on the creator, on the creator's intention to express through me, realign myself, cancel any goals that generate the negative emotions, and ask to be shown the hidden part of my own mind that's holding this disintegrative energy. That's what was known in the ancient Aramaic as forgiveness. That's the process of shebagging, canceling, dismantling. And there's a process that's been outlined, constructed, reorganized with Dr. Michael Rice and Jeannie's help and made available on the website at www.whyagain.org. And if you go to that website, click on the page, on the the bullseye on the front of the page or the link on the front first page that says start here in the upper left-hand corner, it'll take you to a page where you can download absolutely for free the latest seven-step worksheet, wake-up sheet process, chapter 24, Dr. Rice's book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again, and a host of other tools that are specifically designed to help me dismantle what doesn't belong in my life and be able to be present in each new moment with the awareness of my true nature is love, which gives me the ability to extend that energy of love and creation to everyone and everything I interact with all day long. That's what we're here to support people in learning how to do. We're here to support people in developing communities that do that and support each other in doing it. And we would greatly appreciate your calls, your questions, your comments at 646 200 4169 Press 1. Michelle will, it seems like Michelle is back online, and she'll know that you have a question, and she'll announce you by your area code. So, Michelle, do we have anybody with a hand up? Any Anybody in the chat room with a question? Or do you um, have any comments or questions to start us off? Um, no hands up right now. And when I noticed that, I um, started to search to identify if there was anything up for me right now and um, nothing's coming to mind. I mean, I don't know if Jeannie had talked about this. She had bought her plane ticket for Michigan last Friday and so because of that level of commitment um, I've really stepped up the game at home and in preparation for it. Well, what does stepping up the game at home look like? Um, what does that mean? Well, I think what I noticed in my private practice as well as my personal experience that when you put an intention or make a, a level of commitment to endeavor some healing work like this, that the process starts immediately. It isn't waiting for September 15th to begin presenting a higher level of mm, stimulus to trigger a deeper level of unconscious wound. So stuff starts blowing up around me. And there was, you know, maybe let's say three weeks ago, I said something to Jeannie like, I know this um, women's workshop, this healing, Women Healing Women's Workshop is, is going to be a go because it's like World War Three around here. And um, this is something I was texting her, like, or in the chat room, because, thank God, it, it's not at home, it's with my business, but my business literally is going out of business, and there's attorneys involved, and there's money being withheld from um, me that, you know, is rightly mine, and all kinds of drama and all kinds of opportunity and chaos. And that's 
you know, on top of a normal, you know, caseload or full-time clinical work and then preparing the house at home to make, you know, 3,000 square feet of space hotel ready. So there's a lot going on. And so, you know, taking each moment, that whole um, concept he'll share about Job meeting to ask God, can I, can I take a second here and swallow my spit? Like, that's how it feels. You're with, with so you're, you know, that messy. All right, so say that last sentence again. Um, it, it, like the the concept, kind of, or the phenomenon, let's say that I'm speaking on, happens that growth can be messy. That you know, I'll have um clients brand new come in because they've been thinking about maybe tackling an issue for a couple months, and then you know they start therapy, and then they're going good for a little bit, then all of a sudden, blows up big time. And it's like, whoa. Like, where did that come from? It's, oh, well, you made a commitment to you yourself. So I hear you saying that you have a lot going on, and it almost sounds like you're saying you're feeling overwhelmed. Um... There is a flavor of that, but it feels a little detached, more like observing the overwhelm. Like that it's not as, like, um, it doesn't have a level of grip, maybe similar thing would happen in the past. Like if they really um, made a commitment, you know, actually with my husband, um, related to his agreement that, you know, this was, Something that you know he he wanted to support and allow me to move forward on, and that anticipating that it, you know there was a lot of things that I wanted to accomplish before the seminar started, and that I wanted to make the commitment, like intention, like hold me accountable to this that the. the Crazy won't um, take over. That I'll use my tools. That I'll that I'll practice what I know, and maintain peace and ease, like while I'm getting ready. So that so maintain like, what peace. You know that like there, there's a lot of stuff to do, um, a lot of hours of work ahead of me, but that the goal was to stay centered and love and know what the intention is and just like. You know, ride each wave as it comes. You know. Okay, so the forecast is for a tsunami. Mm -hmm. Is there something we can do to support you specifically today? Um. You know, I I can't think of anything. Um, and, you know, I was thinking you might ask me, like, well, what kind of things are you doing? And so I'm asking my own questions, and I'm going to tell you the answer. So the thing that I'm, um, like, really developing and practicing and, um, like, working out hard is the um, the resetting RACMA filter, like, multiple times a second. You know, or, excuse me, multiple times a minute. You know, the 125th of a second the, the um, you know con- consciously actively bringing that back to the present and and really um, strengthening that skill of the awareness when it's being lost. Like sometimes you can go unconscious. Sometimes I can go unconscious before I realize that I have. Versus them happening simultaneously. Going unconscious. Oh, that's right. Put the filter back. So that is. Um, been, you know, how I've um, kind of orientating myself, like, from day to day. Um, using mindful management worksheet, I'll tell you how I do that. Like, I have lists and lists and lists, and then I'm, you know, having a little low down because there's not enough time for everything. Um, and I think, you know, one of the blessings, like, already this is, let's say, going on a month, because I think I decided around my birthday, mid-July. And 
last Saturday, Eugene is doing breathing sessions at Heartland for the intensive with Michael and the and folks there. And I said, oh, you know what? I'm doing breathing sessions um, tomorrow, too. I've got three schedules with clients. And, and I was like, oh, that's exciting. We'll, you know, be breathing at the same time. And um, these three breathing sessions with these three women were all very different, but all very profound. And all first-time sessions. And for all of them, really, really deep emotional pain came up during the breath session. And they wanted to go into crying. They wanted to go into um, tightening their jaws and foreheads and muscles in their, you know, hands and body and, and just very physically appear to be just in pain and uncomfortable. And uh, as the coach um, spoke gently and, and reminded people that they're safe and it's safe to feel the feelings and all the kind of things that you would say to, to support someone because although normally you're know, talking doesn't happen, these were extreme levels of expression of fear or sadness or terror actually. So when I got home and later just kind of reflecting because, it, you know, back to back and it's fast and I'm still in the now moment and then I sort of like process things. And I was telling my husband about, you know, kind of remind me of Missy because during pregnancy and for those we're listening that see uh, my friend in Lansing is a doula and she supports women during childbirth. And like Lamaze are breathing and being coached in breathing to endure the physical pain of childbirth and feel supported and loved while you're doing it. I mean, I, I will say that my um, delivery experience was physically one of the most painful things that I've ever had happen to me in my life. And so it occurred to me that the breathing element and feeling pain, whether it's emotional or physical, I know for, for these women, some of the traumas that they've incurred and then moving that energy through their body during a breathing session is probably the most emotionally painful thing that they have ever endured. And then it looks like it's such a, um, I mean, it's exactly what a, a jeweler does and but this is like an emotional one. And, and then I also got such good feedback from people and my own experience of myself because they made it through the session without stopping the process. And I realized, you know, that I have gifts. And there was this moment of, like, clarity where I actually felt myself as love, not thinking of myself as love, but felt myself had lost. And it was so profound because for three and a half years, you know, I I worked the tools, I worked the um the suggestions, whether it's love exchange or, or worksheets and such. This idea, you know, cognitively is is uh, building brain cells to intellectually know that I'm love and I've done a great job of that. This is the first time that I ever believed it. This is the first time I ever felt it. It was the first time I ever was like, oh, my gosh. Like, it was a totally different thing. And it was it was deep and profound and personal, and I'm doing my best to language it. But, um, you know, that happened last week, three weeks, you know, into this preparing for intensive. So you're already seeing the benefits. Not just um, of all the work you've done for the past three and a half years, but of making the commitment to go to the next level. Right, yes, 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 yes. Both aspects. Because I was thinking about the first one, like, well, this didn't happen overnight. (laughs) A lot of, of, you know, Tuesday nights, a lot of days in prison. (laughs) Literal prison and real prison. But, um, yeah, it's, it's cumulative. And, you know, it was like, you don't know what you don't know. 
I knew it like on one level, but this was a different level. It was it was like a, like an intuitive level. It was like a level that nobody could take away from you. No one could um, debate or negate. It's just connected to source in 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 an authentic way. Well, what you're talking about is what this all of this work is about. It's not about debating. It's not about the words. It's not about a belief. It's about an internal experience. And, you know, Dale Allen Hoffman took to doing toning and toning at the beginning of his talks because he realized so many people were coming to his talks to try and learn what's the next big key from the ancient Aramaic? What's the definition for this word or that word that's going to, you know, cause me to feel enlightened or have some ability to win an argument with somebody else? And he wanted to move away from that. That's why Michael keeps inviting people, pick up the pen, put it on the paper, do the work, because it's not about following anything, believing in anything, having the words for anything. It's about an internal experience of our true nature. And if I'm in touch with that, if I have the awareness of that consciously in each moment, then I can extend that everyone and everything I interact with that's transformation and that's in that moment enlightening enlightenment isn't something that people reach and then hold on to and have a trophy that they can take home and put in their cabinet it's a moment by moment practice experience awareness of our true nature and when I'm in that moment and when I have that direct experience, it's simply not possible for me to do anything except extend that loving, compassionate, creative energy. And from that space, I can't do anything intentionally harmful or insulting or aggressive to anyone or anything, including myself. It's not possible when you're in that space to think that you're not good enough or to have the thought that, you know, this women healing women retreat won't won't be a success, you can't even have that thought when you're in that space because that's not part of the actuality of life. I feel hurt. You know, my my negative thoughts are a part of my my reality of life, but they're not a part of the actuality of life. You know because of every retreat or um, intensive you've been to, that even though it's not what you thought you wanted to have happen, it's been a blessing many times over to yourself and everybody else who was there. Well, that's absolutely what has to happen for the Women Healing Women Retreat. And when that happens, it's a success. I remember not too long ago, we were on the show probably earlier this year in February. They were doing an intensive, and Jeannie said something to the effect that, well, here we are in the fourth or fifth day, and we haven't even mentioned, I don't know, I forget what the intensive was named. It was named something like codependence or whatever. And she said, I well, we haven't even. Communication one. Pardon me? I think that was. Say what? I think that was responsibility communication. Well, whatever it was, she said, here we are in the fourth or fifth day and we haven't even touched that. And that's what this intensive is supposed to be about. And I heard myself saying, well, the intensive is always about what it's supposed to be about. We can give it different names, but these are live events and they always unfold in ways we couldn't predict. And yet they're always about what needs to be happening in that moment because it's initiated by people who know about their true essence, even if they're not feeling it in the moment. They know the tools they can apply and have a commitment to apply those tools to remove what's less than their true essence in each moment. And they're meeting in a community with the intention of healing. And that is available every time people pull together that way. I um I agree with you. I was you're putting into language um, something that I was 
thinking about for, for a client that, you know, individual work one-on-one is great, but the level that becomes available when you have everyone holding a space of love to work through that trauma, like, you know, you can really go deep. Yeah, it's um, Susan Darnell likes to talk about something she heard Michael say at an intensive where when we, or maybe it was one of his lectures that she heard on the video, but she likes to talk about how if I'm at a a level four vitality and I get together with somebody and they're at a level four vitality and we're having the intention of connecting, now we've got level eight vitality between us and we're feeling good. We enjoy each other's company, whether it's, you know, camaraderie for accomplishing a work goal or it's a romantic of you know interaction and now collectively our vitality is at an eight and at that higher vitality more of the garbage that's at a five or a six or a seven has the capacity to come up into our awareness for us to work through so it looks like we get together we start to have fun and then everything goes sour. But if we hold the awareness that at the fundamental level, our true nature is this joyful, creative, healing energy, and we engage in interactions with ourselves and each other with that knowledge and with the tools to actively approach um, engage and dismantle anything less than that loving creative energy success is guaranteed you know guy finley says something close to this i might have changed a word or two but he says the creator didn't just put you in the world with a teacher the creator put you in a world with a direct infinite eternal connection to the forces that can teach you about yourself and they will never abandon you if you simply ask them to. Now, in Michael's work, he knows from the ancient Aramaic it was called Rukha, Rukha de Kucha, the eternal breath of life, the creative breath of life. And this is the idea in every worksheet that we're asked to put aside whatever our conscious logical mind is telling us about how somebody else is causing our ache or pain or some situation is scary or frustrating. Identify the goal, cancel it, and ask to be shown the hidden part of my own mind that's actually creating my upset. It's recommended that we ask Ruka. Ruka from the ancient Aramaic was an elemental force. And because it's an elemental force, that means it's not something I can feel with my physical senses. It's something that I can see the effects of, like the wind, but I don't get to see where the wind starts and where it ends. I don't get to see what caused it, and yet I can feel the effects of it. So it's this very subtle but powerful experience within each of us that we each have access to to interrupt the negative self-thoughts about oh my gosh I don't have this done and that means the woman healing women intensive isn't going to go well enough or people aren't going to think that my house looks good enough or people are going to judge my interactions with my children or my spouse as not being perfect enough If I'm in the middle of that and I catch those thoughts coming up in me and I breathe and ask to be shown the hidden part of my own mind that's causing that and I add to that the powerful tool of canceling my goal for it to be different, there is the energy of creation in one of its many aspects that will speak to me, that will show me what I'm holding on to that's less than love. And in that moment another healing can happen. Another release of what doesn't belong there can happen. Another integration of energy can happen. And I can leave that moment, as Guy Finley likes to say, a different order of being than the person who went into it. 
So I'll take a breath and see if that's stirring up anything for you, Michelle, or if anybody has a hand up with a question or a comment for us. My thought was that I will um, have to document the date because next month, if I need some support, I think that will be a good pep talk to re-listen to because it makes sense and kind of actually describes how I'm approaching going into it and, you know, continue to look for the opportunity. Well, I look for reminders. I look to fill my ears on a regular basis with the best lectures from Michael Rice and Guy Finley and past radio shows and, you know, um, about half the time when I'm out fishing or riding on my bike, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to something positive. I'm listening to an old radio show or a Dale Allen Hoffman talk or a Guy Finley lecture or one of Michael's radio shows. And it is interesting to me how often when I'm doing that, I'm hearing someone talk about the very thing I'm engaged in doing that's not so productive. I remember one time I was loading my bike on the back of my car and on my headphones I was listening to a Guy Finley talk and he was talking about how instant and counterproductive the process can be when my mind is divided against itself. So I have a thought, I've used a tool, and I have a thought, I need to go put this back in the drawer where it belongs. And then, you know, 20 seconds later, when I'm trying to put this tool back in the drawer where it belongs and the other stuff in the drawer has gotten rearranged and it doesn't want to go in there, now I'm angry and frustrated and trying to jam this thing back in where it belongs. And I'm the one that decided I want to go do this. So what am I frustrated with? What am I impatient about? What am I upset about? And he, he was talking about that and in his usual humorous way. And I was saying, man, isn't that the truth? That's just so. And then 20 seconds later, I went to put my bike on the bike rack of the car and found myself silently inside my head with swear words going off because the straps weren't fitting or because I banged my knuckle or whatever. And I just burst out laughing, out loud laughing, because there it is. It was, in my mind, a wonderful example of how I can know this stuff intellectually and still be engaging in the garbage and still being hooked by the old pattern. And I need to constantly practice. I need vigilant practice. I need to make a new moment's resolution every new moment to bring my awareness back to my true nature and to be on the lookout for the old habit patterns of negativity and judgment and ego and self-criticism and comparison and simply catch myself doing it and take a breath and refuse to follow that habit pattern any further down that trail. Following that habit pattern further down the trail would look like beating myself up because I wasn't perfect. Beating myself up because I caught myself swearing at the bike rack again. Or, And in the moment that I start beating myself up, I'm back in the old pattern. This is unloving. This is angry, bitter, resentful. I'm engaging in my warning system and mistaking it for an indication that I'm right and the world is wrong, rather than using the warning system of the anger or the frustration or the swear words going off in my head as a wake-up call to say, oh, Tim, you drifted away from your awareness that you're made of this stuff of love and that that's the only thing that belongs in your awareness and in your energy system. 
So I'll take a breath and ask if that stirred up something for you, Michelle, or if anybody in the chat room has a question or if there's anybody with a hand up. Plenty of time to take a call. If you're speaking, Michelle, I can't hear you. Yeah. No, I, um, I'm using an Android phone, and I don't know how to work it, so I don't know where the buttons are to... But 905 had a hand up, and yep, there they are. Let's see who do we have us today. Hi. Hi, it's Michelle. Yes, hi. Hi, and <laughs> two Michelles. <laughs> um, oh, hi, Tim. I'm hi, finding... Michelle. How can we support you today? Well, actually, just with what you were going through saying was very supportive and helpful to me, just obviously getting back into the worksheets and trying to get myself back and focused and centered in the space of love. And, um, you know, it's fine when everything's going good. I can feel that. And then just like you were just saying, you know, you fell off when you were putting the tool away or working with your bike and you're like, you know better, why are you doing this? And go back to that space. So um, it gives me inspiration, you know, as I'm just starting to get back into this process, that it's just not something that's going to come overnight to me. So I don't get frustrated with myself as well, trying to realize that this may happen, but at least I'm aware it's happening. Um, So you've made me aware that I'm just off target, but I just have to get back into it, and I'll be fine, not to beat myself up over it. I I find it very helpful to... to conceptualize it as a habit I have that's got a lot of strength and a lot of momentum. One of my favorite teachers is Abraham, and and when Abraham, the consciousness, is talking about this, they talk about somebody would would say to them, well, I have this deep-seated problem, and Abraham interrupts and says, there is no such thing as a deep-seated problem. There is a thought that becomes active that you have practiced and practiced and practiced, and now it's got a lot of momentum because you've been thinking it for the past 20 years or 30 years or for the past 30 minutes. And it's active and you're feeling the vibrations and the energy around those thoughts because you're engaging in it. And when we find how to observe that and we find the ways to stop the process and slow the momentum... And then, from a different space, choose a new, more loving pattern of response. We can establish a different habit and have it gain momentum in a positive direction. So rather than thinking in terms of, I'm right, I'm wrong, I'm good, I'm bad, I'm I'm screwed up, I'm, I'm doing well, rather than thinking in terms of any of those, just be aware in the moment and if a thought comes into my mind that's less than love, I can recognize that as, oh, this is an old habit. Here's some more work I can do to dismantle that old habit. And I know the tools. I know the breath. Right. I know the canceling the goals. And I know asking for help from some source other than my conscious logical mind. And when I'm willing to apply that, as Michelle was saying earlier, multiple times a minute resetting the filters in the mind, mm-hmm. it changes the momentum. And if I work at changing that momentum long enough, I can establish a new habit. My goal is once I've established a new habit, to work and strengthen that habit until that becomes the default. That's the default second nature to you. That's my goal. Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah. more often I, than not, that's what comes up and that's what I respond with. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because I just found, um, again, when I do veer off the path of love, I 
logically say to myself, Michelle, what are you doing? Get back. You know, you know better than that. And, you know, like you said, I guess it's just taking that practice and practice to get it to stick, to make it part of yourself, to reprogram yourself of years and years of one way of doing things or things going on in your life, now you're changing it. Well, and, you know, I I like how several teachers talk about this. I think Michael's talked about it and Guy Finley talks about it. When you have a newborn child and the newborn child is laying on the ground and then, then learns to roll over and then starts to crawl and then it falls over, do you ridicule the child because it didn't crawl appropriately or when it's been crawling for a while and then it tries to stand up and take a step and it falls over, do you ridicule it? Would you ever even think of ridiculing the child because its first few steps were faulting or because after it's learned to walk a little bit, now it wants to run and every time it tries to run it falls over? We wouldn't do that to a child. No. And yet we do the very same process to ourselves we do the very same process to ourselves out of this old habit pattern. Right. And that's my goal, to dismantle that in my negative self-talk, to, dismant- to, to build and strengthen my ability to be aware in each new moment of mm-hmm. what my mind divided against itself is doing and interrupt that process and then apply the tools. And the more I do that, the stronger that habit gets, the more momentum it gets, the better my life gets. That's great. Michelle, you were going to... Until it eventually becomes your personal code. Yeah. Remember, Michelle, at the intensive, we did a personal code evaluation. Right. And it showed you where the blocks were on your, in your mind. Everybody's got a personal code, a personal set of rules that their mind demands they follow. And it doesn't matter how many times you choose to do it differently. When the stress is up and the chips are down, your mind's going to default to, as Tim says, the default. And so as you do your work, you're restructuring the personal code in the mind, a conscious personal code, so that it's following what you want to do rather than what the generational patterns have done. (laughs) And, you know, it might be a good time, and, you know, you've got, uh, with the intensive that you did, you've got three personal code evaluations, you did two of them at the intensive. There's a third one that's still sitting up there. And if you just go in with your password, go to the letter Y again dot com. You've already letter. got one sitting there. So if you just log in with your password, if you get where your password was, just click forgot password, log in with okay. your email address, and it'll send you a new password. And do the evaluation and let me know when you do it. And I'll get back to you and tell you what your next uh, – your next most important pieces of work are. That would be great. Um, I just don't understand where I go. Where did you say I go? Why, the letter Y. The letter Y? Again, A-G-A-I-N dot com. Oh, okay, your website, whyagain.com. Okay, I misunderstood. No, 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 not our website. Our website is whyagain.com. Org. This is just the letter Y again dot com. Oh, Y. The again. letter Y again. Okay. Y A G A I N. Just the letter, not the word. Okay. So that's a special site we have set up for the personal code evaluation. And you've got one still hanging out there from the last intensive. So just click in and uh, we'll give you some feedback. Be fabulous, and I'm going to do that when I'm off. Get off the phone here, and um, so why again? Dot com, and I don't remember my password, so I can reset it. You said, yeah, and mm-hmm. I'll, yep. I'll do that. Fabulous, that would be cool. wonderful. Let me know when you've completed it, and as soon as I can, I'll get back to you on the phone and uh, give you the feedback on it. Wonderful, and um, okay, like I was saying to you. Yesterday, I had um, mm-hmm. something come up today, a phone call into the house, and I was very proud of myself. I stayed in the present, and I handled it, and I had no problems whatsoever. Awesome. Uh, 
Yep, I I was very very proud of myself. So your personal code is shifting to cooperate with you. Right, right. Well, that's from yesterday till today. But you know what? Baby steps, and before you know it, I'll be just walking right through. I was very proud. That's it. And, you know, most people don't even know they have a personal code, let alone did they have anything to do with purposely consciously developing it. Part right. of this work is about purposely consciously developing that personal code. Yep. And yet from last night, I did my from my last worksheet of, you know, my new vision, I just wrote it on a little piece of paper. So while I'm on the phone or if I'm sitting down, I've got it beside me so I can just look over and read it to reinforce it, and I memorize and say it out loud to myself a few times. Awesome. You're right on track, yep. young lady. Proud of you. Well, thank you very much, and thank you, Tim. And so I will do that. Thank you for all your help. You're very welcome. And deserving, as Dr. Tim would say. And thank you, Tim, As he for often does. kicking in. Yes. Thank you for kicking in. We were out in the boonies and just didn't have much of a signal. So we are on our way to Springfield. We've completed our 10-day Food Fund Forgiveness and Work program. And um, on Sunday evening, we start the nine-day Why Is This Happening to Me Again? So Ari and Jeannie I are in the car. Jeannie's driving. And we're heading to the farmer's market. 7.30 tomorrow morning to get some fresh organic food from the farmer's market for the intensive So, Michelle, do we have anything happening in the chat room or anybody with a hand up? No, Michael. Um, I'll quiet right now. Cool. Well, I have not been able to listen, so I don't know what the direction is. So maybe I'll turn back over to you, Tim, and see where you're going with it. Well, the direction has been that we were looking at uh, a brief intro and then Michelle sharing how things have really opened up and the floodgates have opened, the energy's flowing and new opportunities for healing are coming at every turn ever since she made the commitment to do the Women Healing Women's Intensive. So that's been our kind of focal point around which we've had several different mini discussions. Cool. Well, certainly when you make a commitment, it opens up the next level of work to be done. And when people do an intensive, we usually require they register in advance because if they don't, the last day or two before, so much resistance, so much stuff comes up, they manifest things in their lives to block them. And, oh, I got this problem. I got to handle that. I can't do that. I got to do it. So unless they're really, truly committed which means they've registered and paid for the workshop. Many people just don't show up. Too much stuff moves. So, And uh, so it's wonderful. Uh, Jeannie's not listening. She's driving, but I'll just share out loud that uh, Michelle is um, sharing on the show that she's had since she made the commitment to the women's uh, intensive in September that she's got all kinds of stuff moving, more opportunities to learn forgiveness. How cool is that? I love it. Well, Michael, um, haven't you noticed that people often, you know, are getting more opportunities to feel intense emotions right after having, you know, committed? Like that's, I mean, that's when um, when they first put the idea out there and then things started blowing up, World War Three is off, is what I said to Tim, then communicate Jeannie, like, oh, you know, it's going to happen. You know, the the results that I was already experiencing just out of the blue indicated it's already happening. Like, it's black and gold. We're having this. People, you know, and I've, um, I'm telling Tim, I've got three more people who've um, strongly committed and just have to work out some details, but there's going to be a full house. Very cool. That's awesome. 
And yes, the minute people start to commit, their stuff's going to start to move. They're connecting to an energy. You know, when we set up an intensive at Heartland, especially, we've been we spent the last 28 years building into those crystals or the crystal bed that we're on, the whole property of support for healing. And so, any event that we do is always linked back to that energy. And as soon as people link into it, their vitality goes up and things start to move. That's just part of the process and uh, unfortunately until people understand when things start to move that way that's oftentimes the time when people turn tail and run you know relationships you know if we think of a vitality meter and it goes from one to ten and somebody's at a level five vitality then they can hide all their level six seven eight nine and ten issues but when they go you know make a commitment to an intensive when they go into a relationship let's say you've got two people that are a level five vitality and separated and, you know, opposite sides of the world, they roll along and, you know, things are okay because they've tucked away their six, seven, eight, nine, and ten stuff. But if two people at a level five vitality really truly connect in the presence of love, then the vitality is additive. So maybe the two fives go to an eight. And all of a sudden all hell starts to break loose and they go, what's wrong with this relationship? It must be relationships that of the problem because I wasn't feeling this before I met and committed to and started to extend love to this person. No, it's not the relationship. The relationship is the solution. It's through our relationships that we get to heal. And when we really truly connect with somebody at a higher level, then it's more difficult to hide things for ourselves. And so it is in an intensive and you get into a room of people in an intensive where we're, we're creating an environment the average person will not create for themselves. The average person has a set of habits that keep themselves at a lower level of vitality so they don't have to deal with what they've been hiding from themselves. So you go into a room of people who are holding the space for active love and that empowerment, and all of a sudden those people join, and the stuff that's been hiding can't stay in hiding anymore. And that's one of the ideas of intensive is to create a space where vitality can grow in leaps and bounds, which means the garbage that's been hiding comes up in leaps and bounds. And then there's the support for moving through it. So if anybody's ready to take your work to the next level, we'll be uh, actually Sunday night at the Heartland, Theodosia, Missouri, the Ozarks in Southern Missouri. We'll start a nine-day Why Is This Happening to Me Again? And then uh, a week or so after that, we'll start a 16-day Laws of Living. So if anybody's ready to take your work to the next level, let us know. Come play. We're going to have a, a small group. It'll be small personal intensives with the fact that we haven't been on the road for the last year. So go ahead, Michelle. You start to say something? Um, I was going to say, are you sure you weren't secretly listening to the show? Because we have that conversation. Oh, really? <laughs> Oh, well, great minds think alike, you know, Michelle. That's what they say. Of course, they also say fools seldom differ, so we just have to decide which category we're in. I am um, I'm so excited about this opportunity, Michael. Um, tomorrow's going to be the 30-day countdown until um, Jeannie gets here, and a couple days after that we'll start. And, you know, you know I love to drive, However, it's uh, lovely to have um, the mountain come to Muhammad. Yeah, you're not going to have to uh, do any driving for this one. You're right there. So, yeah, I am very very excited. I understand. It's exciting and I'm excited. Uh, one of these days I'd like to, uh, uh, somebody might misinterpret this, um, put on a dress and, and attend a women's workshop that Jean's doing from all the reports I'm getting back of the energy that's moving, the issues that are being addressed. So certainly uh, well, we're like holding the space for her from a distance. She said she'd still recognize me if I did commit an address, so she won't let me come. Right. So you, you know, don't you think it's more than that? It, you know, you said uh, you want to hear the issues and, and such. seems to me that given your level of commitment and your, I mean, lifetime sacrifice 
to spread this word and um, support people and educate people that watching your wife, you know, your dear heart, communicate that in her way, in her style, and, and her get results. And it seems like, like that's the part that's unfortunate that you can't witness. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, it is awesome. And, and actually, when you talk about a lifetime sacrifice, it's actually been a lifetime privilege. I, I cannot fathom where my life and my world would be if I hadn't started doing this work almost a half a century ago, I can't imagine where I'd be. So it has been an extreme privilege and continues to be to get to just watch the changes that happen and, and to, you know, the privilege to take the original Aramaic words of Yeshua and bring them full flower into the world is just so amazing an honor and a privilege that it boggles my mind every time I think about it. So, Tim, any other thoughts from your angle? Well, I would echo what you're saying, that it's a privilege. And the, um, as Michelle was saying, we hit that topic. The, there were actually verbatim sentences that you repeated that I had said earlier. So, Cool. Uh, I, I mentioned how Susan Darnell talks about that because she's picked that up from you in different talks and the idea of the additive energy and the vitality meter and how I have a a higher intelligence that will not let me become aware of my painful and traumatic energies if they are of a higher intensity than my positive vitality in the moment because it's just not safe. And when we do more of the right things and our vitality goes up, we are going to have access to that deeper level of intensity that we've been running or hiding from or was given to us as a gift of the inheritance and the energetics. And so um, our bloodline wakes us up and says, oh, there's some more work to do here that your great-grandfather wasn't able to do so so we're at the 92nd mark if uh, you want to do the wrap up or make any closing comments Michelle or Michael I'll throw in a final thought here and that is that you know when I studied naturopathy they talk about healing crisis and going back through the symptoms but it was never as detailed as we offer people now of physical, mental, emotional. And then the four things that tell you when you're symptomatic that you're in a healing process rather than a disease process. And I can remember in my mind being in a major healing process, not understanding that's what it was, and saying to myself, what's wrong with this picture? I'm doing all the right things. And then it was like, bingo, oh, duh. Yeah, you're doing the right things means you're vitalizing. You're getting to the next level. So... Just understanding it makes the whole process so much easier. And everybody, we are honored. Dr. Tim, Michelle, we appreciate both of you for your willingness to jump in for us at the last minute, especially with all the gyrations around travel and being on the road and doing Heartland. And you're deeply, deeply appreciated. And everybody, you are as well and have the best year yet of your eternal life. Blessings. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and myself, Jeannie Rice, as we present the Internal Aramaic Process of Forgiveness. We are here every Monday through Friday from 1 to 2 o'clock Eastern Time on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael, myself, or Aramaic Forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. That's www.whyagain.org. A-G-A-I-N dot org.